Hey, how we all doing out there in leisure land? Scott Leisure and I am just blessed and uh, excited to have with me today a uh, former NFL kicker. I can say NFL because you played for two or three different teams. I did. I did. Yeah. I did play for a couple different teams. Yeah. Primarily our Denver Broncos. Uh, Rich Carlos. Yeah. Rich and, and Rich, I am barefoot as we speak. So I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. That's good stuff, man. So um, you, I'm, I'm a pretty good uh, Bronco historian growing up here. And we've had tickets since 69. And honestly, growing up here, there wasn't much to do. If you didn't ski, I see you've got the, the slopes. And I, I, think, I think I know why that's there in looking at your, your website. Um, mm -hmm. But there wasn't much here to do other than Bronco games and skiing and like the stock show once a year, you know. Yeah. Uh, and if you didn't ski, which we didn't really ski. Um, yeah, you became Bronco fans, you know, and it, 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 it's a lot, as we were just talking about, a lot has changed here in the Mile High City over the years. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was good times watching you play. And I think being a youngster, when you came out in 82, right? 82 is when I uh, made the Broncos team, yeah. The, the strike shortened 82 season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, did you refresh me did you have so i'm pretty good with my kickers and actually uh turner and i talk once in a while i've got to know him over the last 10 or 12 years uh yeah. he's and he's doing really good but yeah. in between turner and you was steinfurt right now did you have to compete with yeah. him or did you it, did you guys have an open competition or am i going back too far man well so uh the only year they uh they did it, it was dan reeves second year as head coach so on May 8th of 1982, they had an open free agent tryout camp. They had 476 guys show up for it, uh, 75 kickers. Wow. And it was a free-for-all. I had been I had been in camp with the Oilers a year before uh, as a favor to my agent who had gone to high school with Eddie Biles, the coach of the Oilers. So uh, that's how I lucked out to even get a tryout there. And then I wrote letters to all the teams and Denver sent back letters saying, we're going to do this, you know, to pay your own way, but uh, it's available. So Go for you know, it. I flew out here. I was at the university of Cincinnati, flew out here, show up that day. It is, was a madhouse. And um, they held the kickers out for, it was a, a day. It was about the upper or mid eighties. I think. It was really hot, and it was the old practice facility at 58 and 25. 58 and, and 25. That building is still there. That office building is still building there. building is still there, and I think there may be fields there, but I'm sure they're overgrown or other stuff's on them. But the right. uh, uh, So they finally brought us in. They said, okay, get in groups. We're running behind schedule. Get in groups of five. We'll get two kicks from 20, 30, 40, and 50 yards. And that was it. Um, and so I was selected out of that tryout and then came to camp um you know for training camp and i competed with freddie and uh rex robinson who had been drafted by the bengals out of georgia the year before alan duncan who had been drafted by the eagles the year before hmm. uh, and i uh, was from the university of tennessee and then a, a guy named skip vernon out of new mexico new mexico new mexico state i don't remember 
And so it was every day. I mean, we competed every day and they charted every single kick. You know, so it was uh, it was a highly competitive camp. Um, and Freddie had held out the year before, so he was kind of in Dan's doghouse anyway. And um, and then he pulled a, uh, I think we pulled, he pulled a groin early. So we all were kind of slugging it out. Um, the Rex Robinson, I think, was the guy that they really, you know, initially thought that would take the job. And we had a, uh, a, a um, scrimmage at Jackson Field at UNC because that was the first year the team had gone to training camp at Northern Colorado. Uh, and uh, we all got three kicks at the end of that, um, that scrimmage. And Rex kicked all three into the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and so that kind of sealed his fate. I made mine. I don't remember what Alan did. Uh, but the, uh, you know, all of a sudden then it was down four uh, going into preseason. And then, you know, preseason, Freddie didn't kick. I, I kicked, but uh, we were playing the Rams in Anaheim when, you know, one of their numerous stops over the years as a home. Right. Uh, and uh, I missed a 40, it was a 40 yarder. I uh, hit it really good, just barely missed it. And I thought, oh no, I'm doomed, right? I'm, That's it. I'm, we get cut, and uh, uh, Stan Jones, who was a defensive line coach, he was the Turk, so he was the guy. And they only cut on Monday morning, so he had to like suffer all weekend. He was the one with the notice. Out. Yeah, so he, you know, he'd be sitting at breakfast right by the door, and as you were going out, he would, he would grab you. And uh, so I was walking out that day, and. Just sweating bullets, you know. First off, you can't even eat breakfast; your stomach's a wreck, you know. And he always called me Rick, and he uh, it was almost at the door, and he said, "Hey, Rick," and I was like, "Oh no, I'm dead." <laughs> and uh, he uh, he said, uh, "Hey, kid, you're doing fine. Just hang in there." Uh, so I went back to the dorm, called my parents. I'm like, "You better come out for that next preseason game. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna gonna be here." Uh, and, you know, I ended up making a field goal in that game. And I don't, I don't think anything must have happened in that third game. I think we played Miami the third game. And then we went to New York and played the Jets in the fourth preseason game. And by then it was just Freddie and I. And Freddie was like one out of two. And I was two out of three. And, and Dan made that decision based on, on, you know, mostly kicks just in practice, I guess, to uh, keep me over Freddie. Man, and he, from what I remember growing up, that dude, that dude could boot it. He had a monster oh, yeah. leg. Yeah, he could kick almost sixty yarders, man. He was a big lefty, but he kicked yes. a pretty low. He kicked a pretty low ball. And in those days, you could on defense, you could get a guy running and jumping behind the line of scrimmage to block it. And you know, I got I kicked the ball really high. It got off the ball real. It got off the ground quick and high. So that was a, a huge differentiator for me. And then I said, I would guess Freddie and I were probably pretty equal on kickoffs, I'm thinking. So in, in when you mentioned kicking it high, is kind of like as you would hit it with like a golf club, you'd wet, kind of wedge it or nine iron it. Was that due to kicking it with barefoot? You had to hit it a certain way? I would say it was kicking barefoot was an advantage to that. Mm -hmm. uh, you still had to kick it far enough, but uh, – right. 
lifting it off the ground quick and making it very hard to block from up the middle was, uh, I think, was a big differentiator. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. And and you got us helped us get to two Super Bowls, right? Because the yeah. yeah, yeah, the uh Giants and for a while you had the longest uh field goal in field Super goal. Bowl history. Tied young Stenroots from Super Bowl three, I think. I, I think I think the Chiefs were in three when they beat uh the Colts. I think that was Super Bowl three. Anyway, that lasted for a long time, and then I tied it at 48 yards, and then it lasted into the 90s, and then uh, Steve Christie, I think, broke it originally. I don't know who holds it today, but Steve Christie had broke it, I think, with like a 54-yarder playing for the Bills. And when Stenard kicked, it wasn't the goalpost was up further, too. Yeah, it would have been up on probably the, the goal line. On the goal so line, yeah. He would have been a true... Uh, from the 48 yard he would have been kicking that truly from the 48 and not the 38 yeah turner turner's always mentioned that he has the shortest field goal and it'll never oh. get beat because they moved because they moved the goal I think it was like nine yards yeah, or something like, like nine or ten yards yeah <laughs> that's funny and then I remember and, saying that. and then and then from denver you went to the vikings right and then is that where you finished or did you have another stop after uh, that I had a great, I had a, actually, I, I, uh, I didn't go there till the third game of the regular season. And I had a great year. I, I kicked, I was think I was ended up the season like 31 of 38 and only played 13 games. So we were, you know, unfortunately the offense got to move the ball or they, you know, the good news is they moved the ball, but the bad news is they couldn't get in the end zone. So I kicked a lot of field goals. So good news for you. And we got into a contract dispute with um, Mike Lynn, who was kind of a notorious bad guy in the GMs and in uh, the NFL. Um, And so I ended up uh, not staying there and going to Detroit. Uh, which was miserable. I, I loved Minnesota. Jerry Burns was a great, great to play for. And then my brother-in-law was playing there. So I was getting to spend time with he and my sister who I, you know, was four years younger than me. And I, you know, missed a lot of her growing up. Good deal. And then tell us about the, wood. what, what have you been doing before you just started doing the woodworking <laughs> recently, right? So I retired at 32. And kind of bounced around doing some stuff. I, you know, I, uh, you may remember Carl Shear, who used to run the Nuggets. They, sure. He had started a sports marketing company. And so when I first retired, I, I uh, went into that and worked with him and did some different fun projects. And then I left to take a, um, take over the, uh, as uh, running a minor league uh, soccer team, Colorado Foxes. Oh. And really cut my teeth on sports marketing at that point. Really learned to do a lot of different things, negotiating, you know, radio contracts and stadium deals. We negotiated a, a deal with uh, the guys from Wembley to uh, renovate the uh, the old dog track in Hummer City and make it into a soccer stadium. And uh, so it was actually a beautiful uh, facility for soccer. Um, so I worked, that guy that owned that was out of Germany. 
And then when they, uh, he didn't want to buy into the MLS, he was given the opportunity. Lamar Hunt came and visited us and wanted us to buy it. And uh, Martin didn't want to do that. So then he, uh, we, I sold the team and then, you know, uh, probably the best thing that ever happened to MLS, Lamar walked up the street and sold the team to, uh, Why would I, uh, Anschutz, Phil Anschutz, which, you know, Phil Anschutz pretty much is the uh, foundation of what the MLS is today. He kept about half the teams afloat there for about 20 years. Yeah. So I, d- I dabbled in that. I dabbled. Uh, I ran another company for the guy to Germany for a couple of years. And then I was, was kind of done with that. Uh, went into corporate life, ended up at uh, Quest, that then became CenturyLink, now is Lumen, uh, doing all their sports marketing. So I, I negotiated the naming rights in Seattle, or at that time it was Quest Field, and uh, we renegotiated the CenturyLink field. So I, you know, I did, um, it was fun. I got to do an NFL naming rights deal, did uh, some other smaller naming rights deals, did some uh other NFL deals with the Vikings new stadium, the uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, the Broncos, uh, did stuff in the NBA, NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, did stuff in the Olympics, did stuff with colleges. So it was a lot of fun and, and you know, it was so diverse and got to meet so many just wonderful people. Uh, so I did that, ended up almost 20 years uh, doing that and then left there in 2020 and wasn't sure if I wanted to get back into corporate or not and kind of dabbled a little bit. And then someone, um, about a year and a half ago, someone talked me into building them some stuff. I had built some furniture prior to that just for our own house. And and then I kind of dabbled and and someone said, Hey, you know, do these, make me a charcuterie board and make, you know, make me this and that. So I kind of dabbled with that and someone's like, you would make a little business out of that. And huh. so I, I did, I um, started my barefoot Bronco woodworking and, and uh, you know, it's been very, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of challenges being a, a entrepreneur versus being in the corporate world where you had lots and lots of support to do different things. And it's all on me now to do it. Had, had you been doing woodworking the whole time? Is just like as a hobby or just kind of decided? No, not day? really. I mean, I've I done, you know, we, we have a five acre horse property here that we've lived on for about eight years. So I've learned to do a lot of stuff uh, mm-hmm. owning a piece of property like this, you know, uh, everything from uh, irrigation to electrical to uh, fencing to you name it, you know, building chicken coops and so I did a lot of stuff like that, but I had never, you know, I grew up in my dad's business, which we were kind of a jack of all trades. We did a lot of um, commercial work, you know, roofing and tuck pointing. And my dad never met a job he didn't like. You know, I sanded a lot of gym floors, which, you know, I've always I read loved. that on the, on the website. Loved wood. Yeah, I've loved wood. Uh, so this is, this is really untapped a whole different side of me which feels good it feels good to kind of you know you never you should never allow yourself to stop learning new things right yeah I was I was I think how I found out about that a buddy of mine had just sent me a text with the with the website and I was like oh that's (laughs) cool and 
I got to looking at it and it's funny, my, my uh, grandfather on my mom's side, now he had a, a, a whole like woodworking shop out, out in back of his property up in Longmont. And he would build a lot of those cutting boards like you do. But I'll tell you what, my grandfather lost an arm in like his thirties and he was, yeah, he probably made dozens of like grandfather clocks. I mean, he would make some, oh, some gosh. big stuff, yeah. but just yeah. with this one arm, he had like a, he had like a board that he would use as like a guide using his, I mean, he was still like technically he, I, I think he was right-handed, which is the arm he lost if I'm not mistaken, but so he was still kind of geared to using that. And it was just like, you'd see this stuff and you'd be like, wow. But I saw those cutting boards and I was like, wow, those look just like the ones uh, he used <laughs> to make. But he had like a, he had, he would groove the boards. He he was very much a perfectionist, you know, so everything had to be, so that he didn't want those things coming apart at all. And he would groove them and glue them. And oh man, yeah, yeah. There, it, it's like you said, it's a, it's definitely a, a passion that you take to and and it you get a lot of uh a lot of gratification out of out of out of, out of something when it's done and to be able to know that someone's going to enjoy that for years you know yeah and you know i think it's it's i never consider myself artistic but it, it's definitely art i mean people view it as art yeah yeah there's there's art in that grain like you were talking about in some of those that wood and that's just natural art man that's that's put on this earth that you you get that right piece of board that's got just that right little wave and that grain and it yeah it's nice it's real nice and so and and some of your a percentage of anything you sell goes towards family tree which we were talking about which is something that you you started for for women um well i started a program called points for people to benefit family tree and their programs family tree originated in uh, 1976 Okay. I joined them on their board in 1984 and was really, wasn't, I was unsure of where, you know, at my age, what, what I could really do and help. And, you know, the light kind of came on. I went to an event they had. Um, and that really, and then Rolf Anershka, who was kicking for the Chargers, he had a program called Kicks for Critters. And, I thought, well, gosh, you know, he's raising all this money in that area. I'd have been able to do that, you know, for families, you know, that are suffering through domestic violence. And, um, you know, so that, so we, you know, we were a real small group, but we, it was so organic how the steering committee came together and so many talented people just jumped on and, you know, and helped. And, you know, we built this program points for people that raised a couple million dollars for the programs there. And during the eight, you know, for over almost 20 years, we ran different uh, special events and um, did some roasts, you know, with, you know, roasted Kubiak and roasted uh, McCartney. We, we roasted uh, Hans Lake. We wrote, you know, we roasted a bunch of, you know, different, you know, you know, so did kind of branched off once I started kicking into more special event stuff, golf tournaments, things like that. So, um, you know, so my, my, you know, I've been affiliated with Family Tree for 38 years. And then, you know, I started skiing in the uh, events up at Winter Park to benefit National Sports Center for the Disabled. 
started, you know, when I was playing, you know, because the Broncos were were big participants in that uh, organization. So I got my first taste of that probably in about 1984 and have skied in it off and on for 38 years. Uh, and today I, I chair that board and, um, you know, I, I've had a you know, great run, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've been on the Metro Denver YMCA board for 11 years. Before that, I was on the Special Olympics Colorado board. So that's kind of where my heart is. I mean, I love Colorado. Um, I feel, you know, blessed that I was able to take the visibility that the Broncos gave me and continue to do things with it to, to help these agencies. Uh, I also, I've just gone back on, as of yesterday, I'm back on the Broncos Alumni Council, uh, which is about 15 alumni. We do some really cool fundraising uh, for youth programs. They just had their so big we, golf tournament last month. Yeah, we just yeah. had it at the ranch. We did a gala the night before. Uh, raised a hundred and I think it was like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars or something net. Wow. wow. Um, so we're you know we're, those guys uh, guys are really busting it. Uh, you know, really committed. There's no nobody's taking any paychecks out of it. It's all volunteer work and yeah. Yeah. Ron Egloff is a big driver. Lilo Lang is uh, the current board president. Um, you know, it's a good group of guys. You know, Steve Foley's on there. Mark Jackson's on there. Willie Oceanen's on there. I mean, a lot of, you know, uh, Charlie Adams on there. So, you know, we, we continue to try to find ways to, you know, include and involve the younger alumni there's usually a transition period before guys are ready to do that, but uh, continue to have that as a point of emphasis. Yeah, yeah, you've always you've always been one of those those good guys that's always given back to the community. You know, um, yeah, Denver's been. I, I live here, right? So we all live here, and it's like, yeah, we I all live here. A good place to live, then I need to invest in it with my time and my talents that's right that's how that's how it all should be that's exactly how it all should be you know i mean mm. like i said you're one of the good guys i mean that's uh it's a different game now it's definitely a different game now i mean not that not the dudes aren't giving back now they do they do a lot they've got a lot more to give back yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, they do. and they should right i mean that's and fair. they should yeah 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 you're right man um and that was the best advice i got from my my attorney you know, when I was young, you know, he's like, look, you got a window of opportunity here. Don't waste it, you know, make it, use it to make an impact on something that's important to you. And, you know, I used to just, I was a volunteer at Children's. I would just go over there on Friday afternoons after practice and hang out. And I still have friends, you know, from that experience, you know, from, you know, 35, 40 years ago. Yeah, um, with that, with that. Tips that are still there. Yeah, with that platform of 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 that occupation, you know, being in the NFL, a lot of a lot of people really look up to that. You know, I mean, think of the kids that you saw thirty years ago at Children's Hospital; they probably still remember that that day Rich Carlos came by. I mean, I, I get mail now and then from those. I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> I've got this that I had made when i was like 13 years old you know i was like that 
that guy kicks with a bare foot. You know, I thought that was something cool, you know? So it was like, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Some of these guys that are just running into problems and trouble. It's just, I don't, I don't, and I never will, will cease to get it. I mean, I know that there was probably dudes running around doing things they shouldn't have done when you were playing too, but um, mm. yeah, it's just, uh, you, you've made it, you've made a good impact. You know, you've made a good impact in the community and in the city of Denver and, and you continue to, you know, and um, the, now the website is barefoot run that by me again. So we know barefoot Bronco woodworking barefoot Bronco woodworking. Yeah. It's, it's got some really cool it's stuff. Long. Uh, it is long. long. It is long. But hey, that's all right. I'll uh I'm gonna get that up on my Facebook and I'll get I'm gonna put that out there, man. I, I want yeah, it's it's some good stuff. You've got like you said, charcuterie boards, cutting boards, uh chess sets, right? And you can engrave chess boards, chess boards and or yeah, chess boards, yeah. It's my way, you know, I feel that you know, through the different proceeds of these sales, it allows me to continue to, you know, as a retired person to continue to, you know, fund agencies that mean a lot to me. Yeah. Awesome, Rich. Well, hey, man, it's been really good. This has been good. I'm glad it's been good reminiscing and, and getting to getting to kind of kind of see what you're doing and, and, and know that you're, you're still out there, man. You're still doing, doing what you do, man. Still chugging along. Still chugging along. Perfect. Still trying to figure out my golf game. <laughs> well, now do you golf barefoot? Uh, no, maybe that would help. Maybe that's give my it a go. I'm not playing so well. I've been not that my golf game is great, but I, on many occasions, will kick the sandals off, and and hit it barefoot. Who's the? Maybe maybe I need to take your counsel. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but um again you're talking thanks for to jim mcmahon weren't you That's jim mcmahon that, i was just gonna go there he's the he's yeah. the bear he's the guy that golfs barefoot right oh yeah yeah yep. cool all right rich well keep doing what you're doing man yeah thanks i hope to be able to do it for a while i think you will man i think you will and and like i said it was it was a blessing and a and a and i'm, I'm grateful i got to talk to you today thanks scott yeah be good and we'll Take catch care. up with you soon all right. Take care. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Thanks.